Welcome to We Have Spoken, Episode 7. This is usually the podcast discussing our favorite new show, The Mandalorian, but today we're going to be discussing Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, which released on December 20th, 2019. My name is Dennis, and I'll be your wayfinder for this journey. With me today is the Spice Runner, Ricky. Hey guys. Oh man, we got a show for you today. Yeah. <laughs> and as always, we have our fabulous producer, Lindsay, the other half to my diet behind the scenes. Before we get into spoilers, let's quickly, the, the operative word being quickly here, <laughs> discuss our impressions of this film. Okay. I did not like it, <laughs> but it does present an interesting opportunity. We have been so positive about The Mandalorian for a while now, and I kind of feel like the whole reason I wanted to do this show with you, Ricky, <laughs> was because I like to argue with you. All right. Or at least sometimes just let the beast out, and I think I'm going to do that We're going to be arguing how bad it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who thought it was worse? I think, I think, yes. So... For anybody out there that enjoyed the film, I'm sorry, this is not the place you want to be right now, but hear us out. I mm. mean, maybe we have some points that you didn't consider. I don't want to be dunking on the movie the whole time, but I thought you literally said before we started this that you want to dunk on this movie. There's a <laughs> you literally said that five minutes it's ago. It's so easy to, though, because there's so much going on. Okay, look, yeah, there are things we liked, mm -hmm. but on the whole... This was not a film that yeah. we enjoyed. But I think with that said, should we just get into spoilers? Yeah, let's just get right into it. All right, cool. In case anyone needs a refresher, here are the key points. First, we learn Emperor Palpatine has returned. And for some reason, he has amassed a giant army. <laughs> He's calling it the Final Order. And guess what? He plans to rule the galaxy again. Yeah, it's on par with Palpatine. Kylo is now the leader of the First Order, and he wants to shut down anybody that's challenging him. So he wants to go find Palpatine to kill him, but as soon as he gets there, he flips and decides to listen to Palpatine, and like that's then, ever a good idea. <laughs> and now he's off to go find Rey and kill her because Palpatine told him to. Yeah, basically. Rey drops everything she's doing as soon as she hears about Palpatine. She's like, I got to go stop him. She wants to go by herself. But, of course, the gang joins in, and they go on a galaxy-wide scavenger hunt. And they pick up some new friends along the way. Leia, like, dies because she uses the Force to, like, <laughs> to convince Kylo to be Ben again and yeah. be good. And then Kylo does help Rey defeat the Emperor, but then he dies after resurrecting Rey after she dies. <laughs> And I, I almost couldn't keep track of how many people like, died and then they came back. <laughs> turn, turn, take back these. Uh, and then the galaxy celebrates the defeat of the Final Order. And we cut to Tatooine one last time. And Ray is there at, at the Skywalker Ranch. Mm -hmm. not, not, not the one. <laughs> not the one in, you know, in Northern, Northern California. California. <laughs> um, and she has decided she's picked a family name for herself. Skywalker. Hence, the rise of Skywalker. Wah, wah. That's, that's it. Yeah. Um, that was the actual plot. 
But for some reason, this movie was two hours and 24 minutes long. Well, you 20, had a few MacGuffins in there. and You had a bunch of MacGuffins. You had to get your cameos in there. and uh, We went into this being very optimistic, mind you. I went into this with zero expectations, um, bro. I went in with an open mind. I went in with an open mind. The Mandalorian definitely had me hyped. Like, they can do some good live-action Star Wars. Right. And, oh, man, it just... It's so such a busy movie, but... Uh, we can get into it when you're ready. All right. I think it's time we get into light side, dark side. This is where we just talk about the things we liked and probably also talk about the big missteps that occurred throughout the film. We're going to try and stay away from a lot of plot holes because just, man, there's just too many. We'd get lost in them forever. I want to talk about the stuff we liked first okay. because it's, I think it's a shorter list. There's a lot of talented people that did a lot of cool things in Mm -hmm. this movie. And I just wanted to start by talking about those. So if you're going to Star Wars to see some amazing worlds and aliens and action and special effects, unlike anything anywhere else, then you're in luck. Oh, you got it in this one. Yeah. These, they take you on a tour of the galaxy. You see so many worlds that we've never seen before and they're all beautifully done they're mm-hmm. they're they're amazingly created they build cultures there's like a whole alien <laughs> race that is having a festival that, it's like that, alien coachella <laughs> kind of yeah or or something with a little bit more cultural roots like you know a festival of color or something mm-hmm. but it's a beautiful looking festival going oh, yeah on. yeah but even then there's like a whole what is it light speed skipping scene where they do quick flashes of different locales. One had a big worm. And yeah, yeah. You like, got, that was, that's all cool. Yeah, you got to see a bunch of worlds really fast. It might have contradicted how the Millennium Falcon and Lightspeed works, but <laughs> it was cool looking. I'm mm-hmm. not going to hate on it. It was a very pretty movie. Mm-hmm. It really was. The other thing that I really liked, as far as Ray's parentage goes, you know, we find out that she's actually a descendant of Palpatine. Palpatine. But what was a really cool way of foreshadowing that earlier in the movie Mm -hmm. is when she's using force to pull that transport ship down that supposedly has Chewbacca Mm -hmm. on it. And then she accidentally slips and just busts out a a bunch of force lightning. That was really cool because it was iconic, right? Because like later on when you find out about Palpatine being her grandfather, well, it kind of tracks, right? Cause I mean, like, that's a very Palpatine-specific force power yeah. that we've seen on screen. Yeah, we might we may have seen it in video games with other characters and stuff, but as far as the movies go, mm-hmm. that's only ever been him. That's his thing, right? So it was a very nice tell of what's to come later in the film when you see that. And it's striking, right? Like, for a brief moment, you thought she killed Chewbacca. Yeah, that scene would have been one of the best scenes of the movie, but... yeah. I mean, they just immediately undercut it. They do. But let's keep going with okay. the positive for a moment because okay. <laughs> because we could go forever on the other stuff. <laughs> the other power we saw, there was actually one new power shown in this movie. Some would argue there's two, but if you watched The Mandalorian in the same week that this came out. Yeah, yeah uh, be a little teaser. Yeah, the, the Mandalorian basically set up the healing. So, mm-hmm. so that's already established. Literally three days before the movie comes out, that you know, force can do healing. Wikipedia updated it. Yeah, Wikipedia updated it for sure. <laughs> but there is a new power that was shown 
Kylo and Rey are in two completely different parts mm-hmm. of the galaxy. And at a certain point, Kylo gets so frustrated that he reaches out and he rips the necklace off of Rey that she received at that festival we talked about. Mm-hmm. And then he turns back. The, the conversation ends and he turns to his people and he's holding that necklace. And he says, I know where she is. Yeah. Because, that was cool. Because everybody knows about yeah. Coachella. <laughs> I took it to be kind of like the force projection from the last movie, kind of taken to the next level. Yeah. That they're able to take things because they teased in the last in the last Jedi because Luke gives Leia Han's Sabacc dice at the end of that movie. Yeah, and she felt it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I guess you could argue that it's just a, an they took e- it to the next level. It's an though, evolution of that where yeah. it's actually physically handing somebody an object mm-hmm. that, that is exists and that plays a really nice role in the movie throughout where ray hands him a lightsaber and back and forth you know it's yeah it's a cool it's a cool power like i went into this movie very open-minded about the force <laughs> i was willing to let them do time travel because who are we to say what the force can and can't do the force is what the writers needed to be yeah exactly so they created a cool effect throughout this movie with that new force power and props to them for that. But I think they were trying to imply that it was a very unique thing that they could do because they were this dyad, which was this thing that they created in this movie, which is Ray and Kylo are somehow bonded and Kylo describes it as we are two of the same one. And because of that, like they, I mean, per- I, I, I took it as they are the light side, dark side equivalent of each other. And he has but, Skywalker lineage and she has Palpatine lineage. But they both have light and dark. Both of them. Yeah. It's. I, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just took it to be they're a plot contrivance. <laughs> yes. They're a thing. At the end of the day, that's all that is. Yes. We've decided to write them as some special bond that they have that's unique. I mean, to be fair. They were way stronger Jedi than we've ever seen before in true. any movie. True, true, So I'm willing to just concede that, okay, they have some special relationship and it ends with a kiss before they die, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> One last thing I liked, <laughs> and it, it ties into this. I really did appreciate the intent of the movie, which was to tell an epic conclusion to this giant story that's been going on for decades for like 40 some years they they put a bookend on it they didn't leave it like open like they tried to let's just be i i'm saying i appreciate the intent (laughs) of it you don't think it ended i don't think it ended well oh i'm like they that's what i'm saying i think it ended yes Mm -hmm. but i don't think it was a satisfying conclusion for me that's fair yeah with that do you have any more likes that you want to talk about? There, that was mine. I liked, uh, so, Poe Dameron. Uh, I liked his whole arc in this movie. You kind of see him become more of a leader. Kind of like a, a Han Solo. Yeah. How he he goes on an arc. It's building off what he was becoming in the mm-hmm. last movie. Sure. And they kind of tease, oh, you know, you were a spice runner beforehand. Like, you have this Like pet, Han Solo. Like was. Han Solo. Yeah. Um, and he flies the Millennium Falcon. And he flies the Millennium Falcon. Like Han Solo. Maybe that's why I like Poe's movie, because he's basically Han Solo, and he he leads the rebellion. That's why I like Poe for the last successfully three, the last three movies. He's been Han Solo the whole time. I thought Poe was a 
not a more interesting character, but Poe's the best character, charismatic character. He's the best character. Kylo is my other favorite character, but only because like he's so ridiculous mm-hmm. that I can't help but be entertained every time he's on screen. But in this new trilogy, Poe has been my favorite character the whole time. <laughs> well, my favorite character in this movie was Babu Frick. Babu little, Frick was a puppet. A little puppet uh, alien that had some good one-liners. Yeah. He reminded me of, I know you've probably not seen this movie, but mm. you could watch it on Disney+. Plus. It's called Flight of the Navigator. There's a tiny no little clue. puppet creature in that. It reminded me of Babu Frick, but... I got no, I got no beef with Babu Frick. Uh, well, I forgot Lando. Uh, so Lando Calrissian's back. They uh, find him very conveniently on the alien Coachella planet because, of course, he would be there, living it up. But it's almost like there's some very heavy uh, plot points going on. We're being discussed to him about how Palpatine's back, and he just kind of retorts with like a very nonchalant charismatic like oh yeah like i'm back when it, it was just very like he had no sense of urgency he was no, just like no, i i thought we were talking about likes i like but i liked him though i liked <laughs> i just liked the hamminess of it you, you the the face value of it i like you liked that space hitler was back and lando calrissian was just very chill about yeah it. Okay, cool. that's very. On, I would say that's very on par with him. I would disagree. I think <laughs> I think Lando Calrissian showed you in Empire Strikes Back that he is a person that actually cares a lot about people, mm-hmm. and he was willing to sacrifice Han and Luke for and, the greater for the greater good to preserve the people on Bespin. Like he actually really cared, and he was very upset about the way Darth Vader dealt mm-hmm. with everything. You know, like. Lando is not somebody who doesn't care about what's going on. He's a general in the rebellion. The way for a he reason. portrays as a reminder. No, they address it too. They they address him as Lando finished that war twenty years ago or thirty years ago, whatever. That was Lando. Mm-hmm. This guy's a hero of the rebellion. He didn't get to be that way by just not caring about stuff. He's. His quippiness, or not quippiness, but his his almost... Uh, I'm willing to accept calm reserve. Calm reserve <laughs> to the whole scenario. Okay, cool. I'll give you that, which is very comical. I, I, I enjoyed it. Like he, As a character, Billy D. Williams is just clearly just having fun, or as a person. Do you got any more? Because my rage meter is rising, so I <laughs> that's, need... That's where my likes end. All right, cool. So, then let's get some hate going on. Okay. Because I need to. Let the hate flow through you. I got to let it flow through <laughs> me. And perfectly set up because, oh man, I could not stand the way this movie began. For anybody, for some reason, who doesn't remember, Star Wars movies start with a nice little mm-hmm. scroll. Usually you get like three paragraphs. They're really like one sentence each. Yeah, really yeah. Long something sentence. to catch you up. And they're a little bit of exposition to just catch you up on where you are. But what I felt like this new trilogy has done is completely exploit those three <laughs> paragraphs to take care of filling in giant gaps it's in like the plot. Palpatine's back. Yes. Like, <laughs> whoa, that's a huge thing to happen in your story. And... 
you haven't alluded to that at all in the last two movies of this trilogy. He's right. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like very just sloppy. Play the laugh track or him laughing at the end or something. Yeah. But but even worse, here's my bigger problem mm. with this scroll. This scroll tells you Palpatine is alive. He's back <laughs> from the dead. It tells you he's amassed a giant army or the final order. And then it tells you he's broadcast a radio signal across the galaxy, letting the galaxy know that he's coming to take control. Right? Was that? That's what it says, right? No, no, yeah. Guess what they do throughout the movie? Palpatine explains that he's back from the dead. Then he raises a giant army from the water of a planet called Exegol. And then later in the film... He broadcasts a radio message <laughs> informing the the rebels or the resistance, whatever you want to call it. We them. had to remind you again. I'm saying, what was the point of writing that in your scroll if you end up showing us all of that later? I think the scroll was almost written just to like warm people up to the idea that they were going super left field by pulling Palpatine out of thin air. I don't... I don't think anyone could have predicted like the specific plot beats in this movie because no. it is such yeah because it's ridiculous. None of it's really set up and like oh god yeah. But I, I just felt like mm-hmm. you abused this trust that I had with that mm-hmm. scroll. You know, it's supposed to be the warm welcome into the Star Wars universe every time, and instead you slap me across the face, <laughs> and then as I'm rubbing my face like to recover. Then you end up showing me all the things you told me happened as if they hadn't happened yet. And so that was just really confusing to me. Read this, nerd. Yeah, read this. But then if you don't read, it's we'll, okay. st- we'll still yeah, show it to you. Okay. That was just dumb. They're very noncommittal with their decision in, in this movie. Oh, my God. They, this movie? They do something and then they undo it literally minutes yes. after. So this movie is going to take a lot of heat for mm-hmm. spending a lot of time backpedaling on decisions that Ryan Johnson made in The Last Jedi. That's and, fair. And you know what? I don't even mind. Like, I don't think that most of the backpedaling that J.J. Abrams did in this film actually negates any of what Ryan Johnson's no, film I, did. No, I'll agree on that. Yeah. But what's really infuriating is that throughout the course of this film in itself, in its own self-contained mm-hmm. story... It completely, like you said earlier, undercuts the emotional impact of so many things that we see on screen. Like you mentioned earlier, Chewbacca dies. Well, sorry. We are led to believe that Chewbacca dies. (laughs) And then literally like 20 seconds later, we find out. Oh, he's back. Oh, that was a different transport (laughs) that you didn't know about. And he's fine and he's captive. So why do you... and it moved so fast that we weren't even like, allowed to process the the death of the Chewbacca. Death of him, yeah, and yeah. The other weird one, like, was in the beginning of the film when when Kylo meets Palpatine, and Palpatine, you know, convinces him, "No, you're supposed to serve me. Like, go out, find Rey, and kill her." And then later on, at the end of the movie, when Rey's confronting Palpatine because, you know, Kylo didn't succeed. Yeah. like, And Palpatine explains that his whole plan is, 
Ray, you must strike me down and kill me so that I can possess your body with all the Sith. It felt like uh, what was the point of telling Kylo to kill oh, Ray? Captain Marvel, the end when uh, Jude Law's like, "This is your final challenge. You must defeat me." After she comes to the realization that he's full of shit, like, yeah, I know people could argue that that was mm-hmm. his plan along. Whatever, it, it's just this. So many C three PO makes a sacrifice. Yeah, you know, yeah. he makes. He's like, oh. I can translate this Sith writings for you, but, but you my, my memory. But my programming doesn't allow me to speak it uh, unless you go and wipe my memory. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then I'll forget everything I've ever known of you. As a reminder, they wipe C three PO at the end of Episode three, so it's not like it doesn't happen to him every now and then. Anyways, I don't know if I really care that C three PO gets his mind wiped because. Yeah at this point what information has he really got that matters other than these artificial relationships with these characters that i mean he says they're his friends it's weird because they're 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 constantly on the run kind of in this movie and like c-3po's tagging along yeah he tags along sometimes you can't be moving that fast (laughs) and then other times like he's not even in most of the the force awakens like he's oh not at all yeah. yeah so but anyways what's weird is he tell he's gonna he's prepared to make this sacrifice mm-hmm. and he says i just want to look at my friends one last time and then like but you know we could just plug r2 in he's probably got a backup of you right and he's like oh i i don't know if that'll work and then like 20 minutes later or maybe even less than that yeah. maybe like 10 minutes later he when he when they meet up with r2 and he's had some cute moments where he's like seeing blaster fire for the first time yeah, yeah. as giant air quotes on that um you know and he's like oh i've never seen such action blah 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 and then later r2 plugs in and he's back and at most c3po forgot today like that's it you know (laughs) so why why did that matter star wars needs flash drives that's what they they basically have them they're called r2 units (laughs) uh what about zori zori with poe her whole point in this movie is to give them a token a token to get on the ship yeah, she gives him a MacGuffin <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. But when you meet Zori, she literally is about to kill Poe Dameron. Mm-hmm. She is so mad at him. I guess they are ex-lovers and ex-coworkers. They used to run Spice together. She still does. And she is prepared to literally, she says, I want to see your brains on the snow. And then, like, I don't know. Five minutes minutes later, later. (laughs) yeah, she's helping them meet Babu Frick and figure out where to find the planet. And then a few minutes later after that, they're having a romantic moment on the rooftop and she's asking Poe to come along with him. And then she ends up giving him the token, like you said. What the hell, guys? He's much of a player. I couldn't keep track of all the times. Well, yeah, because again, they just move. This movie moves super fast. There's literally zero time to to think about anything that's happening they spend so much time trying to find a wayfinder there's only two and when she finds the second one kylo just breaks everyone's heart by just destroying that wayfinder he's like the only way you're gonna get there is with me and then they have to fight and then she kills kylo yeah (laughs) and then five seconds later she brings kylo back to life with her special power that we've never seen her do before. I'm fine with the power, by the way. I'm not bitter about that. I'm just saying, like, okay, I was feeling something for a moment when Kylo died. You know, but she, now she I guess I'm not. Okay, and... we're good. 
And then she goes off, steals his ship, goes off to the old Jedi temple that she trained with Luke at. Mm-hmm. And then she gets the bright idea to oh, check. I forgot she goes back there. And then she gets the bright idea to check the ship because Luke says, you have everything you need. And she goes and checks the ship. And sure enough, Kylo just had the Wayfinder right there on his ship. But she like destroyed it. That's his second ship in the movie. She destroyed his first one. So yeah. I think the movie is implying that at some point on the desert planet after they got away, mm-hmm. Kylo went back to the wreckage, pulled the Wayfinder out. Then went, got a new ship, put it in that one, then got that one stolen. Well, okay, whatever. But like, <laughs> That's I, how convoluted this all is, though. Yeah, but I like, wasn't allowed to feel anything mm-hmm. for her losing that Wayfinder mm-hmm. and killing Kylo yeah, in the same yeah. moment. You know, like I couldn't feel anything for that because they backpedaled on it only moments later. The other crazy one that just blew my mind is when... At the end of the movie, when Palpatine opens up the the sunroof, the, yeah, <laughs> and he and the the rebels are barely barely hanging on by a thread, and they're flying around mm-hmm. and they're they're trying to destroy he, like, his force army. Lightnings the sky, yeah, it he looks just, cool. He just I, super I saiyans, cool. yeah, it did look cool. He super saiyans all over that mm-hmm. sky, and there's lightning, and for some reason instead of exploding the ships the lightning just disables like all the them, ships yeah. Yeah. so now all of the rebel ships are falling out of the sky i mean we're not i'm not gonna like try to apply earth physics to star yeah, wars fair. but they're falling out of the sky and then we come back to ray and kylo and palpatine and they're having a fight whatever they're, mm-hmm. you know action everything and then they they get the upper hand and they get they, the upper yeah. hand and defeat him and or not defeat him, but they, they distract him, yeah. and the lightning stops. But like three minutes kind of go by. <laughs> Something like that. And when it cuts back, immediately it cuts back to the ships that are still falling out of the sky. And, oh, we have control of our ships again. And it's like, why, do I, why am I supposed to care about the things you show me on your screen think, if yeah. you don't commit to any of them? And they do it one last time. By sacrificing Ray, mm-hmm. and then Kylo sacrifices himself to revive Ray, and then Kylo dies, and like... then Kylo dies, and I'm like, did he die? Oh wait, he turned to a ghost. I guess that's good. <laughs> Never mind. You know, like, and then only then does Leia turn into a ghost. That was weird too. Yeah. So they just had like a dead body. Yeah, they weren't gonna bury her. I, like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh, remember the scene where Ray decides. That she's not ready for the lightsaber. She gives them back. And gives it to Leia. And then, like, moments later when they find out that Palpatine's out there somewhere. It's like, oh, I'm going to need this. Oh. And then she's like, (laughs) here. And she just hands it to her again. Like, was there a dramatic point to that? I feel like what it really was was we have a handful of scenes that we have filmed with Carrie Fisher. And... We need to figure out how to write scenes around them. I'd be curious if the footage that they had of her. I mean, obviously, it's all from The Last Jedi, right? Like, so they had to work on those constraints. I know. Of that locale that, and that scenery. That was just rough, though. And then I think the only other thing that really kind of just bummed me out from a Star Wars perspective is I have a certain expectation of the music in Star Wars. 
And I, you and I talked about this a while ago when I was hating on the prequels one time. And I said, the prequels gave us nothing good ever. And then you said, <laughs> what about Duel of the Fates? <laughs> and I just had to concede because you know what? At the end of the day, no matter how bad a Star Wars movie is, John Williams at least elevates it to something mm-hmm. better. The way they were using his music in this just felt uninspired. Well, there's none of it's memorable. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, and that's what that's my mm-hmm. point is the prequels suck. They're horrible <laughs> movies, but God, they did give us some amazing music. They really it's did. It's a lot of like mixes of their past themes in this one. Yeah. Kind it's just of. reusing old music and then actually using the main Star Wars theme in the, the epic. Yeah epic space battle at the end or not even space battle atmosphere battle yeah (laughs) like even in this epic battle at the end Mm -hmm. whether it be in space or not it's just they played music that i've heard a million times before and it's just a nostalgia bomb right it's gotta hype you up and remind you of the good that once was that's not what duel of the fates did (laughs) duel of the fates was like Hey, we can be Star Wars, but also add something new, you know? And I felt like at least then that was the point of the prequels. Mm-hmm. We can be Star Wars, but add something new. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like in this one, John Williams did not get that memo. He's just like, no, just do all your classics. Play all the hits. Do the, Yeah, play all the hits. By the way, since we were talking about that space battle, just a quick nerd moment. I know that they were trying to be nostalgic mm-hmm. and, and also reference new and old and things with, with what they showed you. Mm-hmm. But when Lando shows up with his giant fleet and it's Millennium Falcon and all the other ships mm-hmm. you know, in the galaxy that are coming to help, right next to the Millennium Falcon, we see the Ghost, which is a very famous ship if you're a fan of Star Wars Rebels. Mm-hmm the cartoon that took place in the time period leading up to new hope and that is a band of rebels that actually ends up being very instrumental in helping bring the rebellion together 20 30 years ago whatever so i don't know who's driving the ghost (laughs) i would like to assume it is general harris syndula it could be her son jason syndula but in any case that is a very iconic ship that it looks cool, yeah. That sure. speaks to the rebellion and always being there in people's time of need. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of Star Wars Rebels is to go and help people. And so I have a real problem with us getting confirmation that the ghost is doing fine. And probably some of the people, the crew members aboard it are people you might know. And yet, where were they when the distress signal went up? <laughs> At the end of The Last Jedi. <laughs> you know, Where were any of those people, busy, by the know? way? I just don't understand why. What was different about this circumstance versus the end of The Last Jedi that prompted even all of these people? crazier if you think about how The Last Jedi ended there on, is it Crate? Yeah. Called? Okay, it's a planet you could just fly to. They show multiple times that the 
Exegol, right? Their planet that they're on. And Exegol is super far away. It's and, super far, and, and it's like you have to do all these weird jumps to get and to it. Turns and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> is, I, I'm gonna assume that's the reason why they all show up exactly at the same time. I don't know why you couldn't just hand people the map and say, "Get there when you can, as fast as you can," because people are like dying right now. But whatever. Yes, there's literally no reason why like you said they couldn't just come earlier come later they could have missed a boat like there's no reason it, but it looked cool but i and that's I, the reason but even more i just don't understand why these iconic characters that are supposed to be part of the rebel movement that are clearly alive even though the last jedi told us this is the last of the resistance this is all that's left <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay, if that was all that's left, where the hell did these people well, maybe, come from? You, know, you don't know who's on the ship. You can leave it at that. That's fine. Whatever. But you know what is funny is it just reminded me of another instance of backpedaling. Hmm. Zori Bliss. The last time you see her. Oh, yeah. Is on Kijimi. And they're going to blow up the planet. And then you find out that every Star, every Star Destroyer that is in the new Final Order, they all have the capability of destroying planets. And so they blow up Kajimi. <laughs> and I guess, like, again, like, it's hard to remember because so much crap is going on in the whole movie. But I think you're supposed to process that, oh, Zori Bliss and Babu Frick yeah. and all these characters died on Kajimi when it blew up. Pose but guess what? One minute love interest dies. Yeah. But guess what? When the whole fleet comes back, there's Zori Bliss and Babu Frick. That uh, that I got applause in my theater. I can't, I can't speak to all the other millions of people that were on Kajimi. No, just some important ones, right? But don't worry, those two got out. They're fine. We're good. (laughs) Ridiculous. Okay. Thank you for letting me get that out of the way. All right. Why don't we jump into Midichlorians, which should have been more relevant to this? I don't know because this movie felt like. It was trying to tie all the movies together. I thought they were going to do know, it. I know. I, I actually you know, really appreciated some... that they just showed you why they're just never going to use that word again. Because <laughs> uh, if nobody, if Palpatine's not going to use that word, yeah. that word ain't getting used, buddy. You need to just face reality. Uh, it's, I've come to accept it. But midichlorians are the small stuff that just doesn't matter to the larger plot. But for some reason, people like Ricky still like it. So just little things that I thought were cute. Mm -hmm. And I I have a list. You have a list. Why don't we take turns? Yeah. I'll start if you want. Or do you want? No, go for it. Go for it. I'll start. Take us off. What did you think when Luke said he was wrong? When the force goes, right? Eh, that really didn't resonate with me. I mean, most things didn't resonate, yeah, but... About, like, the whole Jedi? That's what he's referring to, right? He's saying he's wrong about everything that he told Rey in the last movie. It didn't bug me. I mean... Well, I was just asking if you thought it was cool or anything. Oh, I I did not care for The Last Jedi, (laughs) but that at that point in the film, it just kind of... kind of just glossed over, to be honest, like... (laughs) Okay, that's fine. Yeah. I I thought it was funny because he, if you paid attention to the end of The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. uh, he already showed that he knew he was wrong, and that's why he showed up to help them at the yeah. end. It was just redundant. Mm-hmm. 
All right, you go. Um, I liked Ray's lightsaber. How she? I'm assuming it looks like she turned her staff into her lightsaber, and that it's it's yellow. So blue and green, right? Make yellow. That was Luke's and Leia's lightsabers colors combined. Holy crap! Do you really think that blue and green make no, yellow? No, wait, no, no, no. I'm I'm lost now. It's cool. You liked her lightsaber. I liked her lightsaber. We can it was a on. it was a yellow lightsaber. I don't know colors apparently. <laughs> yes. But the activator switch was like on a ring dial, which is something new that we haven't seen. It was definitely made from her staff, which mm-hmm. I think people called many years ago. That staff's going to be What does blue and green make? Hold on. I'm drawing a blank now. <laughs> it makes blue green, bro. Crazy. Um, yellow and blue make green. Yellow and blue make green. <laughs> Anyways, what did you think about the Jedi speaking to Ray? All the Jedi. I would have figured there was going to be a moment like that in this movie where everything kind of comes into play. I guess it's cool to see like or hear Ahsoka, right? Yeah. If you're fans of that show. You got Ahsoka, you got Kanan, Kanan Jarrus. Who's that? that? He's from Rebels, right? Freddie Prince Jr. Um, yeah. You got Qui Gon Jinn. You got Mace Windu. You got all the Mace all Windu. the all the big players. Oh, you got all the little players too. You got yeah. There was several female Jedi. You got uh, Luminara, Unduli. We got Who is is she the Twi'lek? Ayla Sakura. Ayla uh, Sakura is a Twi'lek. Luminara is the same race as as Ahsoka, I believe. How did you feel about? in a weird way, confirmation that they're all dead. Yeah. I don't think I appreciated knowing that Ahsoka Tano's dead, but yes, in the credits we saw, Oh look, there's all the Jedis. And that's pretty funny that people got paid to, <laughs> to do that. But I, you know, it was no, it was no accident. That no, they went, no, they means. went, they went to the cartoons and they hired all the people that played Jedis in the cartoons with, with the exception of Ezra who, they want to leave that stone unturned yet. Um, were yeah. those new lines? Or were they stuff that they said before? Or they, no, they those, say Ray. They say Ray. Yeah. No, a lot of them actually say like full on lines, like that, that are specific to to this, her to to her. Yeah. So they they definitely got people in the recording room. I, I liked it. It makes me confused because you want me to know for sure that you do acknowledge the show, but then you don't bother to explain to me why the people of the ghost didn't show up in the last movie. It's fine. Let's move on. Um, I like seeing Harrison Ford back. It's nice that he had an, a very parallel moment with his son that he had with in the force awakens. This was clearly a moment that was meant to be for Carrie Fisher, but they didn't have it filmed. I don't feel like you really wanted to do this scene, but you're doing it as a favor to an old friend and I can respect that. Yeah, but at the same time, it didn't give me the feels that I think they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. They because, had to work what they had. Yeah, because I kind of felt like each movie was supposed to give each one of these three characters a moment, right? Mm-hmm. So we got our Harrison Ford moment two movies ago. We got a Luke then moment. we got a Luke moment. We were supposed to get our Carrie moment, but instead, all we got was Ben, <laughs> come home. <laughs> That's it. What'd you think with, about when? Uh, Chewie got his medal. Oh God! <laughs> Has that been like a big debate topic? For I a guess while? people are upset about it. Like I, I probably should be upset about it too. 
I probably was so, at like, some point in my life. Like, here's a used metal. It just speaks to what we talked about last week, which is that everybody's racist in the Star Wars universe. So, yeah. so this is, you said it gets better. And so this is it getting better, yeah. right? You know, he, they're acknowledging, metal, at they're least, acknowledging right? Chewbacca's a person. Um, Here's I a just, medal from four movies ago. I just felt like it was, it was way too little too late. And it was the wrong person giving him that. Yeah. Like, why does she have it? Like, Maz Kanata is just like the goodwill of the Star Wars universe. I thought when she looked at Chewbacca, I was all excited for a moment because I was like, she's going to kiss him. She's going to get some action. Because she's always like, my boyfriend. You know, I got really excited <laughs> for a moment. I was like, yeah, they're going to kiss. And then she's like, here's this piece of metal that you were due like 40 years ago. That's dumb. Like, <laughs> it's like we keep saying everything that emotionally should have had an impact just wasn't given the time to breathe in this film like why would he want that like exactly that movie just proved why? that why all that was for nothing in a weird sense like yeah everything you did in star wars it didn't matter because palpatine came back a That's bunch right. of years later what do you think of the uh luke and leia little i guess flashback scene i Where actually really liked luke's it. training leia i liked it because it reminded me of some of the expanded universe stuff that I hoped I would have seen. Mm -hmm. That's all I wanted, man, from this tra this trilogy, is I wanted to know that Luke put all his effort into making Leia a badass Jedi. And from the last two movies, I was kind of given the impression that that was not the case, and that really bummed me out because she's like the, as powerful. I, I took it as like she put her stock into ben or son kylo and once all that well no she, i mean they say literally why she stopped right mm -hmm. is because she saw that this path led to her son dying yeah and so she thought by stopping that path she might save her son mm -hmm. unfortunately her path is her path regardless yeah but but it was really cool to see young luke and young leia just lightsaber fighting because that's what I wanted to see. You know? um, uh, I would have liked, I don't know, more of that. Just, I don't know. If the movie would have just slowed down a little was bit. Was the reveal of her lightsaber like a a shocker for you? Oh, uh, no. I know people were probably crying over all of these different colored lightsabers. I just didn't care. I didn't care that Kylo used Luke's lightsaber or Leia. I don't even know who. So I'm taking the Anakin Skywalker. Sure, I I just I didn't care, man. Yeah, didn't matter to me. It's like you're just changing colors, whatever. Just finish this movie so I can go home. Whatever. <laughs> That's how I was feeling. All right, I got one last one. So where are you from? I don't know. Let's go find out. Oh, that's with uh, Lando and uh, what was her name? Jaina. What is she doing? She she rode the horse. <laughs> <laughs> is that supposed to like imply that he's her she's her dad or like you tell me bro like yeah it's such a weird like can you imagine if return of the jedi had ended with some weird moment like yeah, that like, is it a pickup like, line is i don't a... know what it's supposed to be and it's stupid but he says it, it in, like the most land away let's go far and out like you totally defeat the purpose of ending your saga by setting up teases to other stories like, to come there is literally no other interaction between these two characters yeah <laughs> <laughs> i 
we don't assume that this is the end of Star Wars movies, but no. but we were promised a nice conclusion to the Skywalker saga. And just to shoehorn in that scene, just why? Just why? You want to put a rating on this thing? I'm going to give it a five. Out of five <laughs> out, out of ten? Out of ten. Out of ten. Okay. I'll go, I'll go one up on, on you and, and give it a six out of ten. Just for the prettiness of it. And that's why I gave it a five, because half of it was really pretty like, or, <laughs> and, and, and enjoyable. And I, I, I enjoyed some of the character stuff. I just, as a whole, that story felt the need to cram so much in mm-hmm. and make apologies for things that didn't need to be apologized for. Like, I feel like there's a movie missing between this one and the last one. There's like three movies missing between these two. An entire trilogy that explains Palpatine's resurgence. And Ray's newfound abilities and a little bit more preparation. Whatever. Let Jon Favreau and Kevin Feige sort it out. They can fix all this. And Feige, we trust. He has his hand on some new stuff. Favreau has his hand on some new stuff. It's fine. I promise whatever comes after this mm-hmm. will be better than this. So you're still hopeful. For I Star still Wars. like Star Wars. Yep. I don't. I said that last week. Mm-hmm. I said there's more Star Wars on TV than there is in movies now. And the stuff on TV, dude, I watched episodes today. Maybe that's and where I was it needs like, to wow, live for a while. It needs to live there. And they know that. And that's why they've pulled back on the amount of movies that they're going to be putting out. Mm-hmm. I think they still are working on defining what Star Wars is. But I'm excited as long as it's not skywalker related the sky is the limit Mm -hmm. and that's the point of the mandalorian Mm -hmm. star wars can be anything and we'll even show you multiple genres in one episode you know i hope everyone enjoyed listening to us hate on this movie a little bit more than (laughs) you might have it was fun for me it was mildly therapeutic i'll say that but please tune in next week because we're back to the mandalorian Back to the good stuff. And I'm pretty optimistic about that one. If you enjoyed what you heard, please feel free to like, subscribe, and pass this on to anybody who wants to hear more about The Rise of Skywalker. Ricky, do you have anything to plug? I'm excited for uh, next Friday when we find out the conclusion of this great story on Disney+. Plus. Although I'm bummed, I am happy the Skywalker saga is over. And talking about it, was like you said a little bit therapeutic on my end as well so yeah i can still love the skywalkers without loving the last time (laughs) i got a visit from them (laughs) it's just like a bad thanksgiving or something yeah Yeah. it was always next year yeah all right thank you all for joining us you have listened and and we we have have spoken. spoken